Hello everyone and welcome back to the Kickabout. England squeeze past the Aussies and Scotland are through to the Euros. I'm your host Chris. I'm Pete. And I'm Dan. And welcome to episode 146 of The Kickabout. Um, thankfully, there's no Premier League Fantasy League update this week. Mm. It's quite nice, actually, you isn't joined, it? You joined first. I know, I had a fantastic <laughs> week. Didn't didn't get beaten by anybody. Um, no, I must say, it's been quite nice not having to fucking look at that <laughs> and depress myself over the weekend. Um, and in all honesty, this is probably going to be a slightly shorter show than usual because uh, whilst there are some things to talk about in the world of football, um, with no Premier League on, we've only got really a couple of matches to really talk about um, and we can preview tomorrow's night or tonight's game by the time this goes out between England and Italy. Uh, other than that, we're kind of struggling a bit this week, so hope Pete's got a long quiz for us this week. <laughs> uh, right, well, of course, before all of that, we'll start with this. Damn the stat, man! Um, yeah, obviously there's not been, other than internationals, not really been a whole lot of football on, um, and the international stats were pretty wank because the game was pretty wank. <laughs> so, um, but I've got quite a good one here. Um, so Eden Hazard, obviously retired recently. He uh, he was one of only four players in the prim- in Premier League history to score. 15 or more goals and get 15 or more assists in a single season. Mm. Okay. So there were, yeah, there were three others who also managed to. You say Premier League? Yep. Okay. I think I've got two of those. Yeah. I mean, well, I'd like to think there's one or two obvious ones in there, but um, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. They're all names that you would know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get the answers to that later on, of course. Um, I have all of them. On the uh, on the note of Hazard, did you uh, hear Kevin Nolan's interview on Talksport? No. Said that uh, he uh, might get in touch with Hazard and offer him a way back into football. Yeah. Yeah. So West Ham are going to uh, apparently offer Hazard a contract as a player. Yeah. I'd be amazed if we did. I think that was just him being a bit cheeky. I think it was more because he was kind of shocked that at, was it thirty two Hazard was yeah. um, that he's hung up his boots. Um, but honestly, given what I saw of him at Real Madrid and his injury record, I hope that Nolan was just uh, having a bit of a laugh. Yeah. Is he sitting next to Danny Ings in the <laughs> Yeah. Is he still contracted with Real Madrid then? I don't believe so. I no. think no. the contract yeah, was uh, yeah. mutually terminated, I believe. Right, okay. Um, so, yeah, he couldn't find a club. Um, there was also rumours. I mean, West Ham may be a free agent city. And I don't think any of these are true because the direction of travel for West Ham has been very, very different in recent times. Um, there was another rumour that we were going to go after David De Gea. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, Fabianski supposedly has well and truly thrown his toys out of the pram about really? being dropped to Fariola. He's yeah. like 35. Yeah, I know. I don't know whether he's been given assurances. Um, supposedly some of it was down to the fact that he didn't really have a conversation with Moyes about it and it just kind of happened. Um, but he wants to leave in January, apparently. Which mm. is, I think, you know, Ariola sat back and watched you for two years, mm. and he's like an international goalkeeper, yeah. played for some big teams, and he sat back and bided his time, and he's got his chance, and, he, and he's doing really well. So I think it's a bit shit for Fabianski to throw his toys out of the mm. pram, if it's if it's true. So, but is De Gea going to come and play second fiddle to, to Ariola? 
Well, I'd want massive wages. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure he's going to come and wanting to be a cup goalkeeper, and unless they're going to drop Ari- Ariola, at which point they're going to have to find two goalkeepers because Ariola will walk as well. Yeah, if they that can, would be very hard. If they bring Dahlia in and draw Ariola, so again, don't think it's going to happen. But these are the rumours that. So it's obviously a slow news week uh, mm-hmm. for the journalist. Um, right, well, we're going to start things off with a kick about alternate universe, um, which kind of leads into the England game because I want to ask. Um, yeah, alternate universes have so far tended to be posing questions about the past and been in a bit of a nostalgia trip. But in this one, I want us to actually look the other way and look into the future. Now, we kind of understand and we kind of accept that Southgate's tenure as England manager is probably going to come to an end after the Euros. That's what's widely kind of accepted. Um, so I want to know, seriously, what you guys think or who you guys think would be a good replacement for Southgate and why? Um, Dan, let me. Uh, I'll, I'll come to you first. Um, I think we spoke about it in the, the other day in the car, didn't we? Yeah. Um, I think someone like Graham Potter already. I'd want them to be English. I don't really agree with international managers being from other countries. I mean, England but, have tried that in the past, and it's not really worked. Mm. And I just feel like if the players, you know, say have to be from England or French. French players obviously have to be from France. I feel like the managers should be as well and potentially even the coach and staff, really. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with someone like Graham Potter or Eddie Howe. Um, but Eddie Howe, it kind of depends on whether he's still at Newcastle because if I were him, I wouldn't leave Newcastle for the England job. So. Do, you not th- do you think that there would be, for, from, from their point of view, so Graham Potter will certainly feel like he's got unfinished business at club level. Mm. Eddie Howe is still quite young. Do you think they might think that international management is a bit early for them? Because with international management, if things go well, you could be there for, you know, I mean, Southgate's been there for, what, 12 years now? 10, 12 mm. years? Um, I think it's 10, isn't it? Because he's had f- four, four, five, five major tournaments. This is his fifth major so, tournament, I believe. Yeah. Um, so that's minimum 10 years. So I just wonder whether or not he'll think, if I get committed into this, that's 10 years of no club football mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I'm done yet. So I worry that we'll, we'll mm-hmm. have to go a bit older and then the picking list becomes very narrow yeah. at that point. So Pete, what about you? Pretty much the same thoughts as Dan. Um, I'd like, I I think out of the two of them that Graham Potter would go, I think he'd get a lot out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Howe is just, he's too far into his career at Newcastle at the moment everything's just going too well he's not going to move um, something would have to go pretty catastrophically yeah. wrong there wouldn't it I, I would put a foot in and say someone like Steve Cooper because I don't think that his job at Nottingham Forest is going to last much longer mm-hmm. and I think that might settle in with the right sort of time including a break with Southgate and the Euros yeah I mean the the uh... Narcissist in me says that Steve Cooper maybe doesn't have the credentials to manage well, England, he, but then he's been with England previously. This is true, he has. But then I was about to say that then you know Southgate's been with the England setup previously, but you would argue at club level Southgate didn't do a great. I think he got Middlesbrough to a either a UEFA Cup final or they won the UEFA Cup one year. I think that was the height of the his managerial career. Um, and you know for all the downside, Southgate has been albeit without a trophy, been reasonably successful with England. Mm-hmm. Certainly the most successful period of English football internationally that we've had in a very long time since since the uh, 66 World Cup triumph. Um, so I'm not 
against giving anybody a, a, a chance, I guess the difference will be is that when you've got club football, you get them every day. You've got the opportunity to work with them every day. And someone like Graham Potter, look how long it took him to really get Brighton into gear, working with them every single day. Now, granted, he's going to be, in theory, working with a better crop of players. Can he get them going yeah. on, a, on an international level when he's only seeing them once every couple of months? Um, not I mean, sure. you, you're quick enough to say Southgate out, but then again, you think realistically of what the options, the realistic options are. You're not going to get a Klopp or a Guardiola in there. A snap of a finger. This is no, it's not going to happen. No, I think there was one rumor at one point that um, that Guardiola wanted was going to come to England, wasn't there? Wasn't there a rumor a few years a few years ago that we were going to look into? I'm sure I read somewhere that I can't that was see the case. International football anytime soon. No, neither can I. But I would, I suppose, from his point of view, it depends how much of a completionist he is. I mean, if he was to go anywhere, it would be Spain, surely. You would think so. Um, it depends whether how much what his link with Catalonia is, because he was he very pro the whole split with Catalonia, wasn't he? Um, a couple of years ago, when all that was in the in the mm. papers. Um, I do just wonder though. He's won everything at club level. He's literally won everything. Does he want to add major international trophies now to his resume? At some point, I think that's going to tempt him. Um, I think he'd do himself a disjustice if he didn't go for an international job after. Yeah. Um, and then, as you say, it's just a case of whether he's like a side mission. <laughs> yeah. It's like a GTA side quest. Mm. It's just a case of whether he wants to stick with his loyalties in Spain or does he, you know, come to England where he's been for the last six, seven yeah. years? Um, knows the players, knows the sort of setup, knows the kind of deal, I guess, with all that lot. So, yeah, as much as I'd like Klopp uh, or Guardiola, I, I think realistically it's going to have to be someone like Potter. Um, I do think it would be a good choice. I think he's pos- positive enough as a manager. He plays or tries to play in the right vein. Um, to be honest, I don't really care who it is, just as long as they come in with a bit more of a positive approach to things I, mm. I you know that I don't mean that with any disrespect particularly to Southgate because he's seen success in the way he plays but I just don't want to see us waste this this talent that we have and I feel like the way in which we play it at times not always because we've seen glimpses of it under Southgate mm. at times where suddenly things click and sometimes maybe it's difficult to know whether that's the players doing really well or whether that's his tactics that have changed but I just want to see us play on the front foot more regularly. I want to see us taking it to other teams. I want us to assert dominance. I want us to be feared as an international team in the same way that Brazil used to be or France maybe are now with the players that they've got. So, yeah, that would be my uh, my guess. Um, or my, my pick, sorry. Let's move on then to the game on Friday night. Yeah, Pete's yawning. Yeah, straight away. <laughs> um, I mean, it was there was a lot of changes to the lineup, which I was sort of pleased to see. Um, you know, Ollie Watkins getting a game, uh, Jared Bowen getting 90 minutes as well. Um, so there were some pleasing things. Tamori getting a start mm. as well. I think Johnston played quite well Colwell. in goal. Colwell, yeah, at the back. So there were some some positives there, I guess. Um, but the overall performance wasn't great. But then I don't think it was ever going to be when you make that many changes to a team. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to sit here and say that it was a boring game and England didn't do as well as they should have. I'd flip that and say that it was a really positive um, game from Australia. Mm-hmm. I think their back line was so, so stubborn. And you know, we've got the likes of Grealish, Foden, and all like Watkins and that playing. You know, they're 
top Premier League players and they're still keeping them out, yeah. regardless of the, the 11 you're playing with the chemistry or whatever, to keep that out and keep it at 1-0, fair play to Australia for that. I think they're, uh, they could cause a few teams quite a few issues. Well, I think maybe there was a little bit of bias going into the game that we saw it's Australia and we maybe subconsciously thought that it would be a bit of a walk in the park but Australia mm. proved at the World Cup that they're no pushovers mm. you know they, um, they they pushed France all the way in that mm. uh, knockout game I believe um, Dan what was the sort of the positives from your side of things you know looking at that squad and how things panned out um, it shows that we've got a decent amount of depth um, I mean obviously you look at players like Watkins and Bowen and they're all good players in their own right just a shame that none of them are going to see a blade of grass again <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, that's been, we'll know tomorrow night, but I'd be amazed if many of those players survive. Mm. Um, looking at what started, I don't know how many of those players are likely to actually start on tomorrow night, and that could be a completely different 11. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think um, the main talking point that's come out of this is the situation with Jordan Henderson. Uh, we'll go back to the game in a minute, but I want to talk about Jordan Henderson. He was given the armband uh, for the evening. Um, criticism has been, been or been thrown his way since he moved to Saudi Arabia. We've obviously talked about it on this show, given our thoughts. Do you think that this is a little bit of, uh, from Southgate's point of view, defending it afterwards? Is this a case of sort of read the room a little bit? You know, is it? Do you think he's He's being too loyal to, to, to players like Henderson, would you think? In terms of his comments or in terms of choosing him? Both, I guess. Choosing him, he didn't need to play that game at all. I, I think there's plenty of options that we had there. Um, defending him, I understand, because if we flip the script and say from last week when you were talking about the Beckham... Um, documentary. You know, I've watched that and seen how fickle our fan base is. <laughs> in when so. someone's not defended, and all it takes is a word or a paragraph on a page or what someone said for the whole country to turn on someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think defending him, he's one of his players, and that's his job to do that, whether he agrees or disagrees. Um, look, Henderson's gone out to Saudi Arabia. He said it's not for the money. He said it's to for the LGBTQ plus. I've not seen him do any work over there over that. Mm-hmm. And he's gone back on quite a lot since he's moved over there. He didn't want the Qatar World Cup to go ahead. And now suddenly he's campaigning for the Saudi Arabians to host it in what, 2030, 2038? Yep. So he's he's not doing himself any justice in the in the public eye. But that's what we're for. Mm. I mean, I mean, let's get it straight. That is what it comes down to. That is what the booze were for. You know, it's the fact that he's gone out to Saudi Arabia. He's gone back on his word. He's playing in a vastly inferior league, and he's still getting picked um, over some players. Now, Ward Prowse has had a huge amount of attention in the last week or so with the fact that he wasn't picked. We've seen numerous football voices both on TV, on radio. We've seen West Ham players and staff talking about it, about how they can't believe he's not been picked. Um, so I, I wonder if some of the frustration that's being thrown at Henderson is born out of the fact that Southgate doesn't pick players on form too often. Um, and I did find it interesting in one of the interviews, I don't think it was straight after the game, but 
when the team was picked, he talked about that he you know has to be careful of, of like recency bias. And I think to myself, well, if that's the case, then why is Watkins and Bowen in your team? You know, you have to has to be recency bias in there. Otherwise, you'd never pick a different team. You'd always be just picking the same people. Um, and there comes a point where you just have to. If you're if you're trying to pick players on on loyalty alone and what they're around the change room, I get that to a point, but you can't just keep bringing in players, especially numerous players who are only good in those scenarios. It's a roll of the dice whether they're going to be able to turn up in games when they're so short at match practice. Well, he he contradicted himself in a statement after because he said about he needed players in there that have um, a lot of history and professionalism in the England squad. Now, Declan Rice has got nearly 50 caps. Mm-hmm. Grealish is, I'm sure, would be fairly close to that as well. Phillips has got quite... I mean, there's plenty of players in the England squad that have had a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. So why are you picking Henderson? You, you've changed, what, seven players from that starting 11 from what we saw? Yeah. Why is he still in there? Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about experience and players, you're talking about players like Kieran Trippier. Carl Walker, Jordan Pickford, Harry Kane. These are all players who've been with that England setup for six, seven, eight years. As you say, Rice has now been in there for what, three or four yeah. years now. Calvin Phillips, I mean, he's one of the ones we're kind of talking about, but he's still reasonably experienced, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um so yeah, I'm not I'm not buying that at all. And if you're looking about professionalism, you haven't got to look a great deal further than more Prowess and what he's done anyway. He's the reputation he's carved for himself as a professional. Is is you know very very good and he's they've been talking about the the whole double pivot thing that Southgate likes to play. He he feels like at the moment that Rice is our only player that can really do that outside of Calvin Phillips, mm. um, who his own manager doesn't trust to do it at Man City <laughs> with the players he's got around him. Um, now to say that Ward Prowse isn't versatile, I think is also a little bit unfair because he's played in like four different positions for us this year already, and he's been outstanding in every single one of them. He's only got. I think it's only one other player in the Premier League who's got more goal contributions this season than Ward Prowse. I don't know who it is. It might be, it might be Bakayo Saka, but I could be wrong. Um, but it just proves that he is versatile. He can play multiple positions, and I just think that Southgate is probably hiding the true reason for for wanting to pick Hennessy. He just doesn't want to actually say it, whatever it may be, and he's using other excuses. To, uh, to cover it, cover his tracks. And I think that yeah. it's wearing a bit thin with people now. I think that we could we could accept Harry Maguire being a part of the squad because he's been so good for England over the years. Um, you could accept one player being kept in the squad for that reason. I don't think people want to accept now Maguire, Phillips, um, and... Phillips doesn't bug me too much. Because the only reason he's not being picked is because he hasn't been playing for City. It's not because he's a bad player. Yeah. Whereas Henderson doesn't really offer much at all. He's a leader. Yeah. I, I, I understand that, but he's lost his reputation now. And the more this goes on, the worse that England team's going to get. Yeah. And I guess from Henderson's point of view, he's 33 years old now. You have to look about what is he adding to the actual team outside of what he does off the pitch? What is he adding to the team on the pitch? Because there's no doubt he's been a good servant for England over the years. He's had some fantastic performances. No one's no one's going to uh, argue with that. But right now, he is not first choice. Not even close. He's not getting in front of the likes of Bellingham, of Rice, in those sorts of positions. So if you're not bringing Henderson as your first choice player, why don't you bring somebody else in, a younger player perhaps, 
and get them involved in that setup. All the while that Rice and Bellingham are you kind of your two main, you know, two main players. Bring somebody new in that, that, that where the pressure isn't on them to come in and be that starting player. They can come in and get 20 caps in the next year or two by just being effectively an understudy to those two players so that when you do call upon them, they're not going in fresh and blind and cold. I mean, he was good with Bellingham. He Bellingham's was just an alien though, isn't he? <laughs> Mm, I don't know. I think that um, this is going to come to a head. I think he obviously. I think everyone is sort of accepting that this is going to be what it's going to be up to the Euros, and then yeah. But you say up to the Euros. I mean, yeah. you know, the fact that he's using this team all the way through qualifying is this is pretty much the exact same team he's going to pick for the tournament. Oh yeah, you, you, we could pretty much name if if everyone's fit, we could name his squad now pretty pretty much with one or two perhaps small question marks. And I think there are quite a few players that deserve to go that are missing out. Um, I mean, it's poor timing from like someone like Ivan Tony, mm-hmm. obviously, because he's going to miss out on a lot. And if Watkins keeps up his form and Callum Wilson potentially, I don't know if Ivan Tony can scrape in. Tony, nice. Tony is playing again now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw him in a friendly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think there's, I think Tony still has an outside chance and that's, more of a reflection on the inconsistent nature of the backup strikers that England have, Harry mm. Kane, is that they're all players who will go in and out of form quite a lot. Wilson is also injury prone, or has been. He hasn't been quite so bad recently, but he's still got it in him. Watkins, we know, is a streaky player. So if he goes out of form, hence Southgate won't think twice about dropping him because he's not one of the faces. Um, and Ketia, same thing. He's very much a fringe player. So I definitely think there's still a chance for him. If he comes back in January and hits the ground running, especially with... Um, Wissa and then Burmo going off to the African Cup of Nations in January. Tony's going to be the main man straight away. He's going straight back in that deep end. Good time to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's going in the deep end from moment one when he comes back for Brentford. And if he comes back and smashes in, you know, five goals in his first five games when he comes back, the England talk's going to be right at, mm. right there straight I mean, none away. None of them really get a look in anyway because Harry Kane plays almost 90 minutes of every game, doesn't he? Yeah. I did hear somebody actually. Here's, here was a suggestion for you against certain teams where we know that they're just going to sit behind the ball. Say the, the minnows of the world, right? Um, maybe even like Australia will find out because they they did play quite deep at times. What about playing? This is not my idea. I just want to put this out there before I get crucified for this. What? Excuse me. What about playing Kane as a ten and playing like Watkins up as the nine? Yeah, I mean Kane practically plays as a right back most games. <laughs> games so. Do you, I mean, do you think that is a viable yeah. option? I think because from what I found, Grealish and Madison don't work together. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you guys agree with that from what you saw in the game, but I feel as if Madison, as, as good as a player he is, he limited Grealish so much. Because he likes to drift so much, doesn't yeah. he? But as Grealish as well, he's not like a he's not like your Rashford kind of winger. He, no, he cuts no. inside and he turns back quite a lot and... I mean, when I was listening to the game, that they were saying that that's the way that he's been like drilled under Guardiola. That he likes his wingers to keep the ball rather than try and take people on and potentially lose it. Um, but that that's the good thing about Grealish is that he's always been given that freedom and he flourished at Villa during that. Mm. Yeah, I guess you know. I mean, we were listening to it on the radio, weren't we, on the on the way back in the first half? Um, I distinctly remember Stuart Pearce, who was on commentary, talking about the fact that three or four times in the first 10 minutes that Rashford got the ball, he made no attempt to try and go past that fullback. Drew yeah. Grealish. Sorry, Grealish, yeah. Um, when Bowen got the ball, straight away he was at, he was at him. Mm. And it's exactly the same when you've got 
Grealish on one side and Saka on the other in the, in the normal setup. I know mm. um, Grealish isn't always there, but if he was there, I know it would probably uh, be Rashford on more occasions than it wouldn't be. Um, and I think there's a place for that. I think if you're playing against a team that's um, you know sitting back, not doing a great deal, you do need a balance between keeping the ball and trying to unlock them and just outright pace to go at them. But I think Grealish does need to mix it up a bit more because he's got so much ability to glide past players. And we've seen that on occasion at City. And I'd hate to see him effectively go down the same road as what Theo Walcott did at Arsenal. When Theo Walcott went to Arsenal from Southampton, you know, I, I still to this day remember watching him in, I think it was an England under 21 game and against Germany as well. I think they're pretty on the halfway line and Walcott literally just smashed the ball 30 yards and just ran mm. and it literally left the guy for dust. It looked like the other guy was towing a caravan and Walcott, and that, that was his announcement onto the big stage. And then he gets the move to Arsenal and over time, when this is when Arsenal were the kind of, you know, that the meme was oh, Arsenal just trying to pass it into the net and Walcott became a casualty of that and you, he lost that explosive, exciting side to his game because it was effectively coached out of him. Mm. And it might just be happening to Grealish as well. So we'll see. We'll see what happens and how that plays out. But so, yeah, just back to the whole, uh, excuse me, the whole Henderson situation. Um, I think that giving him, give, starting him is one thing, but I think giving him the captain's armband was probably a mistake. Mm. I think that's just fuel to the fire, quite frankly. Um, I would have given it to somebody like Kieran Trippier. I think that would have been a far better, a far more sensible uh, solution. So it will be very interesting to see how much involvement he has. That's what annoys me next... as well. Like They go on about like international experience and stuff like that. And I get it to a point, but it's not like, you know, you've got Jordan Henderson playing with a bunch of 19-year-olds. I mean, they're all fully-fledged professionals. Well, James Madison's, what, 26, 27? Mm-hmm. And they're all around that sort of age, so I don't, I don't understand how you need a Jordan Henderson, thirty four or whatever he is now, to like lead these twenty eight year olds out there as if they've never played in that sort of environment mm. before. You know, some of them have played Champions League finals and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. A friendly against Australia isn't exactly <laughs> top notch football, is it? No, and I, I further to that, I would also say that. Um, you know, the, these to to sort of suggest that Henderson's experience is, is that vital is kind of a kick in the teeth to the other players because it's almost saying that I don't trust that you guys can do it without him. Mm. Um, and I just I feel like that the the standard of football that the Premier League is now, the quality of the players that we have, unless we're playing like a France or a Spain or somebody like that, I'm not sure the experience counts for as much as people give it credit for. You know, I'm not being funny. Premier League players should be able to turn up and beat 90% of the teams that England are going to play against. Nine times out, 99 times out of 100, we should win almost regardless of what side we put out, as long as they're all top Premier League players. Mm -hmm. If you are playing in a major international tournament, you're in the semi-finals, that's where I can understand the experience of big games. Not necessarily big international games, but big games, Champions League games, you know, title-winning Premier League teams, those sorts of things. I don't think that just because they played an international tournament that it suddenly trumps everything else and everything else is kind of forgotten about. Um, so, Just to give you a nice stat, you can think into it or just chuck it in the bin if you want to. <laughs> um, they were speaking about the positives for Australia. Um, so while Henderson was on the pitch, 72% of their progressional play went through him 
when he came off, they only got 4.6% through the middle. And that's with Phillips in there. So all of a sudden, their outlet through the middle completely yeah. disappeared as soon as Henderson went off the pitch. Correct. But then also, that's when Trippier came on, Rashford came on. Did Trippier not start? No, Trent did. Oh, of course he did. Sorry, for some reason I thought Trippier started. That's what I was saying about giving him the armband. (laughs) So he didn't even fucking start. Sorry? Yeah, no. Yeah, Trippier came on 62nd minute. Um, And then for Australia as well, 6.6% for their total touches came in the England box. That ranks as their second highest rate in a match since the beginning of 2018. The only match which they exceeded that came against Lebanon. <laughs> okay. So well, th- think of that what you wish. Yes, make of that what you will. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've covered this enough now. I think that everyone's kind of in agreement with this. Um, Henderson's been a great servant for England. I'm not trying to um, shit on what he's done for club and country at Liverpool and with England because he's been fantastic. But every player comes to the end of their time, and I, I think we're we're holding on too long in some cases, um, with especially with Henderson and with Maguire and loyalty. You know, you can be loyal, but if you're loyal to a fault, you're going to cause problems. And I think it's time that whether Southgate does it, obviously he's probably not going to, but whoever comes in next needs to have a little bit of a fresh approach with things. Keep the bulk of the squad together. I have no problem with that because the bulk of the squad is fine. Um, but I think he needs to just add a few more players in, in vital positions. Like Rico Lewis, for example, he's yeah. doing really well at City. He's part of their treble winning side last year. I would have loved to have seen him play um, in that game against Australia on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, and looking ahead then to tonight's game against Italy. Um, tonight? What's tomorrow? Well, it'll be tonight by the time the podcast goes right. out. So I was trying Enjoy, to be... Yeah. Uh, I was, I was trying to be... Yeah, exactly. Um, so... I, th- I'm, I don't know the connotations, but I know it is, it is possible if, in, if England win that they can qualify. But I think we have to rely on one other result in order for that to happen, I think. Am I right in saying that? Anybody know? <laughs> I can't remember what the connotations uh, are. Well, you've got North Macedonia. Hang on, let's have a look it's at the... North Macedonia uh, as well, isn't it? Because they're on 10 points, right? Um, let me um, have a quick look to see what... Surely our goal difference is superior, though. Uh, you would like to think so. Let's have a look. So England, obviously, currently top the group uh, with 13 points. You've got Italy and Ukraine um, are behind us. Both on 10 points. We'd be on 16 points with mm, two games to play. So it wouldn't quite be so. It would be all but certain, given the goal difference. Um, But it would, in theory, be possible for Italy and Ukraine to climb above us if they won big in their final two games and England lost both their final two games which isn't going to happen well given that I'm pretty sure we're playing Malta and North Macedonia I'd be pretty disappointed if we didn't <laughs> if we lost both of those two games um, so yeah that's the sort of state of play um, I'm kind of intrigued with this one because we know how Italy are going to set up we know they're going to be are we home or away? we're home um, I know I'm pretty sure we know how they're going to set up um, so I'm really keen to see how we approach this because we played them before we tried to play them at their own game and it was pretty boring mm. um, now if you know how they're going to set up from the outset I feel like you can surely use that to your advantage um, and I think Bellingham is going to be key in this game if Bellingham ticks 
Um, I mean, he's going to be key for a lot of England's success, I think, in the next five to ten years. Um, but I think if he clicks, I think we, I think we could take really take it to Italy. The thing is, with these games against Italy now, they mean absolutely nothing to me. Ever since that Euros final, losing <laughs> to that, that's the one game that we needed to win. Yeah. Well, we beat them previously. Means nothing. Means nothing anymore. So I could not care less about tomorrow. Today. Well, I'm really glad you. I'm really glad you're over it, Pete. I'm glad you're uh, you're, you're past it. <laughs> but I know I know what you mean. It does it. The 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 occasion and what's what's on the line kind of powers in comparison with what happened a few years ago. However, we have to get qualify if we want to uh, go and have another stab at this. We need to get ourselves sorted, and if we can beat Italy tomorrow night, that practically guarantees it, which means we might be able to. Um, Afford Southgate a little bit of uh, of rotation, a little bit of experimentation in those final two group games. Henderson and Maguire. Yeah, <laughs> as long as he doesn't do that, which unfortunately we probably know he will. Um, but that will be that will be where that stands. Uh, right. Well, let's. Uh, we'll obviously have to wait and see. Um, we probably won't talk about it next week because it will be almost an entire week since the game. Um, but um, yeah, we'll have to wait. You'll you'll probably understand what our thoughts will be given. How the game turns mm. out, you'll know. You'll know sort of how we're going to feel on it. Um, let's just continue the international trend for the moment. Let's talk about uh, Scotland and Ireland. Start with Scotland. They have qualified for the Euros before we have. <laughs> how dare they steal our limelight? But in all seriousness, it's an amazing achievement. Steve Clark is doing a fantastic job with Scotland. They've now qualified for two major tournaments out of the last three. Um, they've beaten Spain along the way. They were unlucky not to get something out of Spain last week on Friday. Very dubious goal that was mm. disallowed. I'm not into- so was that disallowed for offside or a foul? Foul. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was the foul. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, because they, it was the lean on the goalkeeper, right? Is what they gave it for. Um, and is that what they classify as a lean now? Well, apparently so. But the the thing that got me was that. Modern day footballers do not need much of an excuse to claim foul. They look for any excuse. Give them an inch to take a yard. Not one person in that box was claiming a foul because they all knew that ball went into the back of the like mm. a rocket, and that nothing they could have, you know, nothing. They wouldn't have been able to do anything to stop that. So for the referee to just turn around and disallow that, I thought was an absolute shocking decision. I mm-hmm. really did. Who was it that scored that? McTominay. He's an absolute machine. I don't, know why he I don't know why he doesn't play up front for you. He's better than Hoyland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we can all look forward to uh, Scotland being in England's group because we all know it's going to happen uh, when the Euros <laughs> draw comes out. But, no, fair play to them. I think they've, um, you know, they've, they've galvanised themselves. Scotland have always been a side that's, you know, kind of been the nearly men, I guess. They've been okay over the years but they've never really done anything but now they just seem to have found a little bit of I don't know they just seem to be fighting harder they've got a couple of really good players in their team now um, and uh, yeah good luck to them until they play England at which point I hope they fall flat on their face mm-hmm. um, so yeah good good on them uh, Ireland find themselves in a very weird situation Pete I'm going to hand over to you because you seem to understand it a lot better than I do so Ireland can go through still but only if they lose <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit of a weird one. I had to read up on it quite a bit. I'm not sure I fully understand it still. Um, so they're currently playing at the moment uh, against uh, Greece, I believe. I've no idea what what the scores are. Um, but next week they play the Netherlands. I think they're winning. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw I saw it at one 0 earlier. But so oh, they, Greece play Netherlands at the moment. Greece play Netherlands, right? So the the Netherlands and Ireland game. Netherlands 
if they win, I believe they qualify. Right. Um, but because of the placement of Ireland in the Nations League, uh, they'd be one of the highest placed teams that hadn't qualified for the Euros. Mm-hmm. So if Netherlands qualify, that then puts them into that rolling system, I guess, of who would then qualify as like the runners-up or the best other teams mm-hmm. that didn't qualify, and that's the only way. So it's a very weird situation to play 90 minutes and try and kick it into your goal as many times as you can. <laughs> yeah. so if anyone's into betting, not that we would advertise that. Absolutely but. not. If if you were if we were a betting man, and we're not telling you you should, we're telling you you can if you want to. But we're not telling as, you you should. As long as Drake doesn't bet on it. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're currently 3-0 up against Gibraltar um, as as we talk here. Netherlands? How are they doing? 0-0. 0-0. Oh, okay. um, the, 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 the weird thing I find about this is that we've... We've now had, what, three iterations of the Nations League? Yeah. And this is the first time that I can really remember it actually seemingly meaning something. Well, I can't remember a, a time in my lifetime where losing a game benefits you, unless obviously it's for uh, what position you're qualifying in. Yeah, going from first and second, going exactly. Three. Yes, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, it, it is a bizarre situation that they would go through having finished fourth out of fifth in their group yeah. as well. Um, not not being funny. I don't think if there's a five teams in your group, nobody from fourth and fifth place should ever be going through to a major tournament no. as a result of that. Um, if the <laughs> only team that you've beaten in your in your division is Gibraltar twice, <laughs> I don't think that should give you credentials to go through to to a major tournament. But I mean, the loophole is there. Why not use it? They created the rules. They laid, yep, made their bed. They can lie in it. So if um, if they can find themselves a loophole to get into the Euro 2024 main draw, then good luck to them. And into our group. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine we had like a group of Scotland, Ireland and England and then, I don't know, Germany or something. Really four thrilling. nations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Wales ain't getting through, are they? Unless they can f- somehow get through in the same loophole, can they? Do we know? <laughs> uh, Wales. They're not completely out of it yet, are they? No, not, they, they beat... Uh... Big Croatia, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, they're second in their group. Sorry, yeah. I, I apologise, Wales fans. I thought you were down and out, but apparently you are not. You are uh, in joint second with Turkey Croatia. Fly, Turkey yeah. fly, Hello. which is incredible, given how shit they were <laughs> in the uh, last... I think they were in the World Cup, weren't they? And they were absolutely yeah, dreadful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's every chance Wales could still go through. I don't know who they've got left to play. It's on. Um, but it is de- most definitely on. They've got Armenia, and then they've got to play Turkey. So it could come down to that it's last fine. game. And if Turkey have already qualified, they might not give a shit. <laughs> so that could be um, that could be one to watch if it comes down uh, to that moment. Right. Um, well, Manchester United didn't play at the weekend, but uh, lo and behold, they've still found a way to piss Dan off. <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, it's another Monday. It's another opportunity to to talk about Manchester United and the constant saga that goes on. If ever there's been a saga that needs a Netflix series, it's this, isn't it? The Man United years. I don't know what you want to call I mean, it would just be, you'd need a bag of tissues, wouldn't you? Just for wipe your, wipe your eyes, okay, before anyone else says anything. Dan... Well, you're a Liverpool fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Obviously, the news this week, um, I got a bit confused with how it was reported by old uh, Fabrizio because he sort of suggested at one moment that the Sheikh Jazim, I think it is, um, had lodged this bid with all these other extra pieces to it. It was apparently double the market valuation of Manchester United. He was going to put in another billion and a half into infrastructure. 
And then in the next one, it then said, but he's uh, but he's pulled out. So I wasn't entirely sure. Has he made the bid? Is he not? I don't really understand. I think that was the original. That was the original offer. Made the bid yeah. And then he was pulled out. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was obviously confirmed that uh, the seven reported seven billion offer that would have wiped all club debt, left the club completely debt-free with a further billion and a half on the table for investing in things like the stadium, the training ground, and other bits and pieces, was rejected by the Glaciers in favour of taking a minority stake purchase from Jim Ratcliffe, who I believe has bought 20%, 25% of the club um, for whatever fee it is. This means that the Glaciers maintain a majority stake, which means they maintain control over Manchester United. Um, Ratcliffe has already said that the majority of the money that he wants to pump in wants to go into immediately rebuilding things. And by things, he means the stadium, which is in dire need of work. Um, but it's fair to say that this news hasn't been received very well. So, Dan, why don't you um, tell us your thoughts on this saga this week and, and what it means for Manchester United? Um, well, yeah, I think it's been pretty obvious that for the last 10, 15, however many years the Glazers have been there, um, that United fans just want the Glazers gone. Uh, and the whole sort of excitement about this purchase was that the Glazers were finally going to be out of the club. Um, and now it just means that they're going to be sticking around for a lot longer. Um, I mean, I've heard that Ratcliffe wants to slowly buy his way up to 100% ownership, but I'll probably be dead before that happens. <laughs> well, the Glazers might be dead before that, so you never know. I think pretty sure Ratcliffe is just yeah, about the same age, so yeah. he'd be dead as well. I mean, I, th- I think obviously it would have been nice to have similar to like Man City and Newcastle and Chelsea, these like billion pound owners. Um, and that's what we're hoping for. Not not just for transfers, but infrastructure in the club and obviously releasing us of our debt. Um, and now I don't think anything's going to change really because uh, uh, supposedly Ratcliffe's going to be in, in charge of all the, the football side of things um, but having looked at his transfers to Lille I'm not really that excited <laughs> yeah I mean the, the pull of Lille compared to United will be different although the longer this goes on it maybe won't be um, I mean as much as I hate him and I really do fucking hate him at times um, your uh, your favourite man, Mr. Goldbridge, mm. called it the, the the death of Manchester United. He said mm. the death of Manchester United has been confirmed with this deal. Um, so I think it's fair to say we know where he stands on this. Do you have any or would any positive thoughts about this at all, or do you think this is just smoke and mirrors almost? Yeah, I think it's a shit show. Because interestingly, this morning the Manchester stock price went down again. Yeah, I'm not by surprised. another, I think it was by another 10%. Um, this was because the news had broke that Matey had pulled out. Mm. I think the, the stock price was holding because everyone thought that he was going to get in and that was going to throw the price out. Now, it's not unheard of in the stock market world, in the, the limited knowledge that I have, where investors get a bit shaky, news comes in that they think it's going to affect things, so everyone just fucking sells and mm. obviously drives the price down. Um, it's obviously not going to stay there forever. Something will, will come in and there'll be some further news. The fact that he's that Ratcliffe is actually putting money in anyway in theory should raise the price. So it may not be a bad time to buy Man United shares to be brutalized when they're down at this sort of price. Mm. But it is further negativity. Yeah. It's, it's more market capital that's been wiped off of the shares. It's less money the Glazers have in the club. It's, it's taking away their top-level um, 
uh, taking away their money at that top level. And all the while, the things on the pitch are still very inconsistent at best. I'm not sure what good this money is going to do because it's it's not the money that's being pumped into the club that was a problem from a transfer point of view. It was the way it was being spent that was the mm. problem. Um, so do you again now that he's in charge? Are you, do you do you at least think that you might have a different approach to things? No, <laughs> I'm not even like. I wish you could see how slumped in his chair Dan <laughs> is right now. <laughs> Honestly, as soon as I saw the news, I just thought, for fuck's sake, like as if things can get much worse. I think he's just being used as a cash cow, like a free loan market. Mm-hmm. Instead of actually borrowing more money, you're getting someone else in that's a, that loves the club. They're rubbing their hands of that and just thinking, all right, well, he's going to chuck a couple of million onto that, get the infrastructure all good, and then we'll just fuck him off in a couple of years. I think they, it would, I wouldn't put it past the Glazers to be using Ratcliffe as a bit of a full guy now. Absolutely. Mm. Because the Glazers now, I mean, we know they didn't actually take on any um, debt themselves. They borrowed against the club, which mm. is why the club is in so much debt. Um, and I think now, if, if 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 what you're saying is true, that the football matters are now being handed over to Ratcliffe, he is now going to be the full guy. Because if things don't go right on the pitch, then we go, well, we're not in charge anymore, mm. it's him. Um, and the Glazers are kind of like holding their hands up, absolving themselves of all responsibility whilst maintaining a majority share mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the business um, and reaping all the benefits and the profits while just continually taking money out of the club, which is what they've been doing since day one. So I, I agree. I think this is real smoke and mirrors. I think that Ratcliffe doesn't understand what it is he's got himself into, quite frankly, unless he's got some kind of master plan that nobody else knows of where he can assume control of the mm. club. Um, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm concerned. involved in the club that you love, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you say that... I mean, I've heard that he is a Manchester United fan, but he was also in the race to buy Chelsea. He was. Yes, he was. And he, I'm pretty sure he was touted with a... A fleeting interest, albeit a fleeting interest mm. in West Ham, when there was rumours that we were up for sale after our one of our um, two chairmen's passed away. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm worried for you know as much as I'm getting used to it. <laughs> well, that's the problem, isn't it? Is that it's now become you've almost become numb to it. You know, it's it's no longer a surprise. And you've mm. said that before on the weekend when when you look at the scores and you see him losing, you don't. You're not angry anymore. Yeah. You're, still, you're not angry. I'm just disappointed. If anything, that... I'm more surprised when we're winning nowadays. <laughs> and that's it's it is. I I don't want to use the word. It's a shame because ultimately I'm, I I don't have a sword in this fight because I'm mm. not a United fan. But at the same time, I feel like if I was in that position, what I would feel like having been at a club that's been at the top for so long, biggest club in the world, all that, to then just see that slow and gradual decline to where you are now, oh, and yeah. it just feels like you are just keeping your head above water. You know, every now and then you have a little run of games where you kind of start flirting with that top four again and then you think, oh yeah, things are going well and then all of a sudden the next saga comes along. The next player is in Mm. trouble for something. The next player wants to leave. You just think what bad ownership does. I mean, you're going on about the best team in the the country, obviously being Portsmouth and how low we are now. But we had some terrible owners, some owners that he borrowing off their wives and someone (laughs) faking who they were. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, look how far we plummeted down just from bad ownership and people being greedy. Now, I don't think that's ever going to happen to a team like Man United in the near future whatsoever, just because of the name of them mm-hmm. and the and the rich history. But they are playing with fire. Yeah. And whoever comes into that club with owners like the Glazers, you know full well what they want. They want money, money, and more money. I mean, you say about the, you know, that how bad can it honestly get? I mean, we have seen examples in the past with clubs with very high reputations 
being dragged through the mud. Juventus, as it happened to them, Parma, massive club in Italy, they got dragged through the mud and now they're nowhere. Happened to Rangers, they got demoted for all the leagues and they've had to build themselves back up again. Yeah, but you're... I'm, I'm seen, so, I, know, I know with respect to Rangers, yes, they've won what they've won in Scotland, but comparing someone like City and... Well, I wouldn't even put City in the category, but Barcelona... Mm-hmm. And Man United. Now, Barcelona have been through a lot of crap. Well, they've been getting very fucking close. Exactly. But there, there's always going to be that form of protection. Yeah, I get that. I mean, in which case, and I would point to Juventus. I mean, they were they were a huge European powerhouse when they were demoted uh, through the leagues and they took them yeah. a couple of years to come back through. Now, I do agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen to United. A, because they're not doing anything illegal, to the best of our knowledge. Um but also because of the money that exists now in football, which wasn't really there back then, if Man United were to ever get in trouble and the, and the Glazers had to fire sell quickly, there's going to be people lining up at the door to buy yeah. United. So they'll never get to that point where financially they go into administration and they go and they go bust. What will, the only way United are going to drop off if it's, if it's, is if it comes out that they've been doing something illegal. That's the worst thing. And, and like Pete talking about ownership earlier, I was going to say the exact same thing. Like the the worst part is that you you've got no control over what happens to your club. It's you know it's all down to the owners at the end of the day. And and if shit hits the fan and the club's in dire trouble, the owners can just quickly sell and then wipe their hands and walk away. And then obviously the fans and the club are, are left picking up the pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I, is exactly I, what Pompey went through. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and teams like Bury and Derby and stuff like that, um, Bolton, etc. A lot yeah. of teams in the lower leagues. Who's was it? Macclesfield was the other one. Yeah, yeah, Macclesfield actually lost their, yeah. their club. And I think Sheffield Wednesday are one where the clubs are sort of up in arms against Luton. the owners at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, <coughs> that again going. Going back to that is you were with the the fans. I mean, we were fan owned for God knows how many years and it took us a long time to actually gain trust in someone waving millions around in the air saying, I'll come buy your club. And even to this day, we still have committee meetings and we still have the majority say Mm -hmm. in what happens to the club and nothing really goes forward unless a certain percentage of the committee agree to it. Now, you wouldn't want to ever get down to that route, but then we see it in German football where it's mm-hmm. 51% owned by the fans. Yep. And that's a very safe choice. But we're a long way off getting something like that in this country. I don't think it will ever will. No, I think there's, we're, there's we're, too much money yeah. in, in the Premier League. We're that. way too far beyond that mm-hmm. point now to, um, to you, you know, you, you need unanimous buy-in from every single club and you just simply won't get it. Um, so... Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But it is um, It's going to be interesting. Obviously, we're not a million miles from January for the first transfer window. Um, no doubt plans will be drawing up. Meetings will be happening with Ten Hag about who needs to come in, who needs to go. So it'll be interesting to see if we do see a different approach from United. So, In, in your ideal situation, what is it with, with the ownership? And if you were to strike a deal, what would it be? The Glazers fully gone hundred percent. Oh yeah, 100%. and someone from Saudi comes in with it. Not not necessarily yeah. someone from Saudi, just someone that. Would you take Ratcliffe hundred percent? If he had the money to transform the club, clear the club of debt, bring in the right structure in terms of recruitment and stuff like that, and actually run the club like a club that wants to win things, rather than run the club like. Merchandise store, yeah, like a a show pony. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the problem. I feel like these American owners, you know, that they own these big baseball teams and NFL teams, 
and then they come over to the Premier League, they have no idea what they're doing. They just see this big fancy name, like, oh, Manchester United. And they, they treat it like an American sport. Mm-hmm. And they have no idea how an English sport works. Um, and they just look at stock prices and stuff like that. And they they don't really give a fuck about the fans. Yeah, I mean, it will be interesting to see if Todd Bowley, the, the direction with Chelsea, obviously, at the moment, it's kind of all quiet. Mm. It's, it's quieting down a little bit with him. Um, he's still obviously they've still been just as active in the transfer market this year as they have been. Sooner they 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 can't keep doing that. So sooner or later their approach is going to have to change. And if it doesn't, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with him and and how the fans react to him. Because whilst at the moment it's all you know it's it's expectations have been tempered a little bit because of the recent problems they've had, um, but they're their leniency will only go on for so long. They'll only tolerate it for so long. Mm. Um, and if Chelsea continually underachieve by spending huge amounts of money on players that don't reach the heights on these ridiculously long, long-term long contracts, I think the fans will you know, begin to turn if they don't see improvements within the next 12 months, I would say. Yeah, I just I don't think Ratcliffe has the money to... I mean, I don't know how much he's worth, but I don't know if he has the money... He's worth a lot of money, but whether he's worth enough Are we to talking take... like Man City, Newcastle, a lot of money? No, nobody's worth that sort of money, but exactly. he's... They're, they're groups, though, aren't they? I know he's got a... He's ironous, isn't he? Yeah. Um, That's what I mean, you know, if we want to be up there competing and, and that sort of thing, you've got to look at Bowley at Chelsea and... Yes, fair amount of money. <laughs> how much is he worth? He's worth 18.7 billion US dollars. Yeah. But, you know, look at Chelsea with Bowley and Newcastle and City. They're the teams that are going to be working their way to the top now. Um, unless you're, you know, you've got a really, really good structure, like someone like Brighton who can work on pennies. And But at the end of the day, that's not a long-term success, is it? Because they're not going to be able to churn. You look at Leicester, you know, they were at that point, how long of a long ago, 10 years ago, whatever it was now. Um, and there does come a point where, it does it, kind it of come out. crashing down, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's unlikely. I won't say it's impossible, but it's unlikely to be a long term mm. solution um, for for clubs to to take the things. And I admire them massively, as, as we all do. Mm. We massively yeah. admire yeah. their approaches and what they're doing. Um, but it's very very difficult to maintain that without a fairly sizable financial backing mm. behind you. Um, so you know, enjoy the success while it's there, Brian. Enjoy all the fun that you're having um, because there is that fairly yeah. tangible risk Depending that uh, it's it will come crashing down at some point I I really hope it doesn't because I love Brian I think they're yeah, a fantastic really team enjoy really enjoy watching them I think their manager's outstanding their club is an example to everybody in the Premier League about mm-hmm. how things can be done um, in the same way Leicester were so yeah we'll have to wait and see on that um, but uh, yeah Man, Man United it's I see that, yeah. what's this I saw earlier when I was looking the Belgian game had been suspended it's been a shooting in Brussels. Oh God, mm. what is wrong with? That? I'm not gonna. We're not gonna get into this. It's about what's wrong. What's wrong with the world? Shot, but... was it? <laughs> <laughs> Lukaku's killed someone with one of his one of his shots. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the, the the world is just in. The world is on fire right now, isn't it? Stabbings everywhere, shootings everywhere. You got what's going on in fucking Israel? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, um, back to football stuff. Obviously, you know United. Uh, we've got massive game this weekend against Sheffield United, which sounds weird to say, hmm. but it's a game that United need to really stamp authority early. Yeah. You need to dominate that game and win that game well. A one nil win, it's not going to cut it. No, you've got to win that game three or four nil. Mm. I would say. 
Um, are you home or away? I think we're away. Um, we, I mean, Newcastle went there and put nine past them. So, yeah, um, yeah I think you've, you've got to absolutely dominate that game um, to, uh, to appease the fans a little bit. Um, no doubt we'll be talking about that next week on the show. Um, but that's pretty much all we've got time for from a from a chat perspective. We managed to drag it out for an hour, so well done, chaps. Oh. Um, right, uh, let's begin to wrap up the show then, and we'll start with this. Damn the stat, man! Uh, yeah, so Eden Hazard is one of only four players in Premier League history to both score... 15 plus and provide 15 plus assists in a single season. How many players you got then, Pete? I got three players in mind. Okay. Is one of them Human Son? Yeah. Human Son? Wrong. Nah, bollocks. Is one of them Harry Kane? Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> Is one of them Mohamed Salah? Wrong. Wasn't, no. My other one was um, Dennis Bergkamp. Wrong as well. Thierry Henry? Yes. Okay. Kevin De Bruyne? No. Um, I really thought I'll I give got you the that. date so that we're not just fishing around for ages. So, nineteen ninety four to ninety five. Alan Shearer. No. Oh. And ninety two to ninety three. Fucking hell! But they're both players that you'll both know. Robbie Fowler. No. Fucking hell! So that would have been the first season of the Premier the first League. Season. Man United won. They did. Who was up so, front for them? Oh, fucking hell! Lee Sharp. No. Cole. No. York? No. Oh, You're around God. the right area, though. Right, the right team? Mm-hmm. It has to be, though. Who else played out front for United at that time, then? Cantona? Mm. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, shit, yeah. So I, what, did, we got I didn't say originally because I thought he was a bit later mm-hmm. in United's and career. And who was the, what, what's the other 94 one? 94 to 95. 94 to 95, which would be the third season in. So that was that Newcastle's year? Or was that the year it's before? Arsenal, wasn't it? Sorry, not Newcastle, Blackburn, mm-hmm. sorry. Blackburn was around that time. Who was with Shearer then? No, because you'd know them if it's if it's going to be an obvious one. Chris Sutton. No. Uh, Gianfranco Zola. No. That's a good shout. Fucking hell. Was it the team that won the league? I don't think so. I don't think they've ever won the league. Oh, okay. Janino. Uh, no. Never won the league. No. Bloody hell. Might have to ask for a team, or would it be too obvious? Be very obvious. Oh, okay. But they they've been in the Premier League for quite a long time. I think they've been in and out a little bit. But Gary Lineker? No. No, too late. <laughs> scored he fifteen then. goals. As well. well, he wouldn't have been retired. He scored by him, nineteen yeah. goals, had fifteen assists. <coughs> Michael Owen? No. But they play in red. Playing red. I haven't won the Premier League. Oh. Uh, Matt Letizia. Oh, well, well done, sir. Matt Letizia. <laughs> yeah, we got there in the end. That's well what, if I said Southampton, it would have been very obvious. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good start. Those. I enjoyed yeah. that one. That was a good start. Well done, Dan. More of those, please. Yeah. <laughs> right, time for the quiz. Welcome back. Uh, the scores are Chris 4 and Dan 2. Uh, pretty similar to last week where you can just have your honest answers. 
there might be one or two where I want a quick answer from you, okay. which would be like the, similar to last week again. Um, but I'll let you know when I want those. So we'll start with the first question. Again, answer honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yellow cards and football players are as common as Spurs are to bottles. <laughs> <laughs> But which former Spurs player has never received a yellow card in their career? <clears throat> which former Spurs player never received a yellow card? Are they still playing? No. Um, okay. Got a, uh, I've got potential. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I've got two in my head. I'm gonna to have to. I'm gonna go with one. I'm okay. gonna go with okay. Brad Brad Friedel. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm hoping he played for Spurs. I'm gonna embarrass myself. I was thinking Paul Robinson. Okay, it is neither of those. I was, he I was, was my other one. Just uh, saying. Right. If I was okay. to give you a hint and say, uh, I hope they had an extra pair of tighty whities pocketed. Is that Bentley? No. The fuck? There's a reference here we're missing. Yeah. Robbie well, Keane, is it? You both got it wrong, but someone that shat themselves on the pitch. Who? <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, what's his fucking name? Gary. Uh, Gary Lineker. Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't remember that. Yeah, I didn't know that. never received a yellow or red card in his whole career. I yeah. didn't know he shat himself. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> talked about it. In the England game where he, he was sat... Oh, let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, he has talked about it and joked about oh, it. Right, okay, yeah. so no scores for the first one. Uh, question number two on the other side of North London we have a successful team that has done what I could only describe as what 27 year old me would do on FIFA turn a difficulty to beginner and go on a 49 ungame unbeaten streak and give it large to my TV for the next 20 years but what team has suffered the longest have you had the win- day off <laughs> I did tell you I was going to make it a bit of pointless <laughs> But what team suffered the longest winless streak in the Premier League? <coughs> oh, God. Sometimes the dig's funnier than the joke, I guess. Oh, that fucking got me, I did. Um, <laughs> longest non-winning streak. I'm going to fucking dock him a point just for size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan's a minus one now. <laughs> yeah, job got cancelled, mate. Cheers. Uh, um... Longest winless streak. Yeah, what team has suffered the longest winless streak in the Premier League? Chubbies is how long is winless? Like, I don't want to go ridiculous and think it was that that crazy okay, long. That, I'll, I'll go. Yeah, I've got I've got a team in my head, so I'll go with them. I'll give you the amount that they had. So it's twenty games Fucking winless hell. streak. Okay. I'm trying to apply a bit of logic here, but it may not be mm-hmm. sensible. Yeah. Are we talking Premier League? Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, I don't think it's right, but... Okay. Well, I've gone based on the fact that I'm pretty sure they have the lowest points total in the Premier League, and I've gone Derby. Derby. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was thinking Derby as well. Okay, so that's... Nope, wrong. Mm. Uh, if I was think. to give you a hint and say that these cats had no claws... Sunderland? Sunderland. Yeah. Mm. No. Palace would have been my second guess. So they what, they, under De Boer? Yeah. yeah, that was only like eight games yeah. though, wasn't it? They uh, they finished that season with 10 points. 
whereas Derby finished lowest with nine points. Learn oh. something every day. Was that one if that was the year that De Canio was in charge? It was 2002, 2003. No, he, he wouldn't have been then. He was still playing yeah. at that point. Right, still no scores on the board. We go into... Oh, uh, here he is. He's on minus one. <laughs> <laughs> Pending. <laughs> right. Now, we all have a last-minute getaway. Me as much as anyone. Just got that digging before Dan. <laughs> uh, but not when it involves Peter Odin Wingy. But what I want to know is, who did he spectacularly fail to sign for after packing his bags from West Brom? I know, I know who this is. Oh, fuck. Writing that one up, I was like, Dan's going to fucking say something. <laughs> <laughs> I re- you realise you've set the bar very high for yourself for future quizzes now. I want, <laughs> I want this level of intro and, uh, and comedy around all your future quizzes, please. Sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter Odin Wingy, which club did he spectacularly fail to sign for after packing his bags from West Brom? I still remember the Sky Sports interview. Absolute comedy. So, guy as Chris is so sure of this, I'll yeah, give Dan yeah, the hint yeah. and say, um, from West Brom, it's a 120 mile round oh, trip. Mate, we've done quizzes. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, you just made it harder for him. Fuck <laughs> <sighs> it. Well, I mean, Chris is pretty sure. So. Yeah, I think Chris is going to beat me on this one. It's annoying because as soon as you say, I'll be like, oh, fucking hell. Are you going to say, are you going to hazard a guess? Yeah, I'll just say Stoke, but. I know he did go to Stoke, so it's probably not Stoke. Chris, I can't it, think of it was else. not Stoke, it was QPR. It Actually, was QPR. Yeah. All right, so 1 0 to Chris. Mm. So from one Peter to another, we have Peter Schmeichel, the first goalkeeper to score in the Premier League. Since then, five goalkeepers have accomplished this impressive feat, but who is the most recent one? To what, sorry? Oh, yeah, I know that one. The most recent goalkeeper to score in the Premier League. You know that? Mm-hmm. Alisson. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Alisson. I thought you were about to ask name, name all the goalkeepers. I was, no. getting, <laughs> to get me, I was getting my fingers out ready to go through them all. Would you be able to name all of them? Robinson, I can name a couple. Paul James, Robinson, Robinson, David James. Um, Alisson, obviously. Who else scored? Hmm... Mm-mm-mm. That's all I can think of. Yeah, maybe there wasn't. Maybe it's not quite as <laughs> quite as easy as I thought it was going to be. Well, I'm not going to go through that list. I had that up earlier. <laughs> I think it was about six six goalkeepers. But uh, right, so that's two one to you, Chris. Oh, Schmeichel, given it was in the question. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So another game of who am I? So. This is a, a player this time, not a club. Okay. So who am I? I played for a handful of clubs, but I never played for Manchester United. I'm a World Cup winner and currently play in my home country. I was on the Masked Singer dressed as a giant penguin. <laughs> I'm Spanish. But I've played half my career in England. I was sold by my first English club after nine years of service. I think I know who this is. After my Northern <laughs> Irish manager brought Simon Mignolet in. And I'm 41 years old. Okay, no, I don't know who it is. 
I thought I had it until you said that. Or Simon Mignolet, shall I say? I think I know. Yeah? Hopefully. Give Chris a Spanish, bit Spanish, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So I played for a handful of clubs, but I never played for United. I'm a World <coughs> winner. Currently play in my home country. I was on the Masked Singer dress as a giant penguin. I am Spanish, but I've played half my career in England. I was sold by my first oh, yes. English club after nine years of... Okay, you think I think I've got well? it. Okay, right. Is it Pepe Reina? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, saying. Pepe Reina. I shouldn't have given him enough time. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on a minute, you gave him about ten fucking minutes just now. <laughs> right, three, two to Chris. Anagram time. Managers only. Oh, fucking me. <laughs> You're good at these, though. Yeah, three, two. You've got a chance to claw mm. back. Right. Hit me. Ready? Mm. So the word is legionary. <laughs> if you want me to spell it... Please do. Make sure you get it right this time. Oh, yeah. There's nine nine letters, okay? L-E-G-I-O-N-A-R-Y. Okay. This is fastest gets it. And what's the break of the name? Um, Four and five. So remember, managers only. Is it Premier League? Yeah. Oh, uh, Gary O'Neill. Yep. Yeah. Did you get Gary straight away? Trying to rearrange the Leon. I was going to go for the Bournemouth manager, but that would have been fucking... <laughs> We'd have been here for ages. <laughs> right, so that's 4-2 to Chris. <clears throat> Still got a chance to claw it back. So 50 different teams have competed in the Premier League, but who was the most recent to join the list? Chris is looking around for inspiration. <laughs> well, no, I just... Okay. In the Premier League? Yeah. 50 different teams have competed in the Premier League, but who was the most recent to join the list? So from 1992... <laughs> Are you thinking... It's think... really obvious. Yeah. Which can't be right. <laughs> so the Premier League started in 1992. Yeah. Since then, 50 different teams have competed in it. But one of which was the most recent to join the list, which is who? I mean, it has to be, isn't it? <laughs> if you're both ready, then say a team. Yeah, you're four two up. You got nothing. This to is lose, true. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's fine. Yeah. Like, if I don't go with that and I lose a point, or if you go with the same answer as him, yeah, then I've just wasted it. Oh, this is like FPA. Right. Got, got to find. Well, you. I'm pretty sure it's them. But okay, it's Chris, Louis, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I would have said. Would you go the same as Chris, though? Well, you're... <laughs> <laughs> the mind games. He's in your head. How many more questions have you got? 
One more after this. Wow. So you need. So, I need, so you need so to get something else. And I hope might that I'm as well wrong. just go for something different then, and I. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Give me a minute. How's your day been, mate? Yeah, been great. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Bit cold this morning, wasn't it? it was lovely. Me and you turning up to the school running shorts. Yeah, as we do. Well. Lee would appreciate I was that. Peacocking, mate. Peacocking. What chest out and everything? <laughs> Slop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she a listener. Well, maybe, maybe not now. <laughs> <laughs> Lee will appreciate us being in shorts. Lee lives in yeah. shorts as well. Right, come on, Dan. Um, Most recent team to well, join the list. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's looted. I'm just putting that out there. But okay. just to be different, I'm going to say Huddersfield. Okay. You're both wrong. Oh, really? So Luton were in the, the Premier League. Were they? When? What year? Very, very early on. I think they were right at the start, but then they went through all that financial stuff. And, and I thought they said... Well, I suppose it has been 30-odd years, isn't it? Mm. I'm sure they said it hasn't been... It's been like 30 years since they were in the top flight, but that would still put it early doors another, Premier League. Another team that were uh, recently promoted to the Premier League is Brentford. Mm. For the that? first time. Yeah. Mm, never would have guessed then okay so I was trying to think of teams that have gone back down <laughs> this one should be fairly mm. simple for the both yeah so I'll award one point for two correct teams so name the six teams to have never been relegated from the Premier League <laughs> six teams yeah If you want to write them down, although I'm pretty sure you're going to get the majority of them. Yeah, anyway. I'll write them down anyway, just for uh, the sake of completionism, which is definitely a word. <coughs> um, I think it's going to be like, we had a question like this, similar to this last week, where I think we kind of, it was the um, who's got the most points, wasn't it? Mm. I think we both had them most of the teams just not quite in the right order but I think there's one that's a slight question mark for me so I think we can probably agree on at least four down here mm-hmm. yeah how many? six six how many How many you got? five at the moment so you get a point per well should we make it interesting and say if you get one one team wrong you lose all I'm, your points I'm <laughs> I'm prepared to put it all on the line and say a point yeah. per team okay prepared to put it on the line that's how much of a gambler I am. I like to live on, right. live, live life on the edge. We'll change the rules. <laughs> One point per team. Okay. Right. Ready? Yeah. Okay. So the teams are Arsenal. Yeah. yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Everton. Yeah. yeah. Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. Man United. Yeah. Spurs. Yeah. yeah. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> that was very anticlimactic, wasn't it? <laughs> sure. Well, there we go. Thank you very much, sir. Well, that was uh, that was very enjoyable. Um, the uh, the viewers and us here in the uh, Kickabout Studio, i.e., my house, um, are looking very forward to uh, Pete's iteration of the quiz next week. Yeah, that's, that's, that's standard for himself. That's been very good. 
Yeah. As long as I don't give money more shit. <laughs> I'm running out of lines. <laughs> no, that's very good. Well done. Right. Okay. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. LMA Manager is going to be released as normal tomorrow, episode number three. Uh, it will be the first kickabout derby as well. Me and Dan, me and Dan face off uh, in tomorrow's episode. So make sure you check that out. Uh, make sure you follow us on our socials as always. Give us a like and give us some support on the podcast app that you listen to. If you are able to leave reviews, please do so. It does really really help um and shall we we can have to make a plan aren't we now because Mm. dan finally has a date for his surgery um which is in 12 days time didn't exactly give you a huge amount of notice but well they didn't even tell me to be honest i just read it in an email about my pre-op so so they did tell you you just didn't read it you you getting him with his forfeit before oh fuck yeah i forgot about it yeah we have to yeah (laughs) didn't we? i mean the forfeit can be done it's not a physical one. The boys at football are eager. I, have they, you told they, a few people, have you? No, no. They were eager to know on Saturday. They were like, come on, what is it? What, oh, when are they doing it? Okay, all right. Well, shit, now, now I've got pressure. Now I have to get it done. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's one that, um, you know, it. I wouldn't do it straight away after your surgery, obviously, but it wouldn't be one that uh, would, uh, you know, put into jeopardy any recovery or anything like that. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you, mate. Um, it might kill him off. Yeah, just, yeah it might, might kill him in other ways, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and find out. Um, so yes okay um, we'll try try and get that one done as soon as we can um, but uh, yeah we're going to have to call on the services of Lee and mm. Sh- Lee and or Shearer for a week or two whilst uh, you're laid up in bed uh, doing fuck all what are you, what are you planning on what you, what you got going to be going on whoring FIFA at my team for a couple of weeks yeah probably play FIFA have a wank <laughs> <laughs> But you want to be careful, mate. You get yourself into trouble. Your mum's gonna be the one coming in to help you. You won't be able to move. No, I, I will. I can. I can. Um, I can take my work laptop home, so I'll, I'll still be working. Nice, excellent. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Check more. your browser history. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you incognito <laughs> browser. That's the way to go, mate. Um, yeah. So we'll. Uh, I'll make some plans. I'll speak to a couple of people in the next week or so. By next week, um, we will have a, a plan. So next week in theory will be Dan's. Final one for a week or two, depending on how quickly his recovery is. Um, So, yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.